1: To another edition of the Instant Reaction of the Night Report podcast, uh, Richie Schneider right joining us once again. Uh, this one, another bad news pod, guys, sorry to say it, but Tyquan Underwood has announced he's leaving the program to become the wide receivers coach at Pittsburgh. Uh, Richie, this one feels like a bigger loss than the other coaches we lost earlier this year. There's another one we'll talk about later in the pod, Jim Panagos going to Kansas, but this one's the the more impactful one in my eyes it seemed like we were recruiting really well this class mm. in 2023 with wide receivers especially down in florida uh what are we losing in coach underwood and uh had this one all come together so quickly
0: um honestly there, there's a big question mark there i know he was just tweeting on friday after the taj harris news he was quote tweeting people that were saying like i can't wait for underwood to coach this wide receiver room etc cetera, etc cetera. it's gonna be the best wide receiver room ever um it, it obviously came together pr- pretty quickly I don't know what kind of offer uh, Narduzzi gave him or whatever. He's going to get a chance to coach one of the best wide receivers in the country, and uh, Jordan Addison maybe the best wide receiver. Yeah, despite what some on the boards might say about Jordan Addison, he is probably, if not the best, one of the top five receivers returning to college football next year. Okay. No, but some some say Kenny Pickett made him. I'm going to disagree and say he made Kenny Pickett, but to each their own, whatever. <laughs> um yeah it's it's kind of a slap in the face a little bit too because this is a shiano guy he played for shiano shiano gave him a shot like we were just talking about at um out of lafayette it's not like he had a ton of experience out of lafayette i think it was two years three years maybe tops and uh he brought him up to the big leagues he did pretty well recruiting he was one of their go-to recruiters for the state of florida between him and fran brown and now uh you're you're losing him he was a player's coach everyone in the wide receiver room loved him you saw a couple um you saw him develop guys too. You saw Bo Melton have a couple of his best years. Yeah. He was probably, he was a little bit older and he a little bit more seasoned, but he did have some of his best years under Underwood. Um, also you saw Krukshank start to shine. You saw a couple yep. other guys start to flash here and there. And it seemed like this upcoming year might've been his best year yet for his position group. So this, this is a big loss. There's no, uh, no hide in that one. Um, it seems like we've been saying that a lot lately, which is not a good sign.
1: Yeah. I mean, we've had a pretty good run of, uh, you know, stable coaching staff, which you couldn't say under Rutgers or under Shiano really, even during his first tenure. So to have the staff that he did for the first two years basically stay intact, you got to tip your hat to Shiano for that. I know that Shiano learned under Urban kind of how to refine his coaching method, and I, Urban asked his his assistants to give him two years. He'd support you 100%, but give me two years. Don't leave in a year. So maybe that's kind of the talk he gave his guys. Um, but this is totally a lateral, lateral move as well, going to Pittsburgh. It'd be different if you went to Ohio State or if you went to even Penn State. I know that pains me to say that personally. But if, if you're going up a level in the job, sure, that makes sense. But this one, I can't imagine it was money purposes. Like We could have probably matched or, or done better than whatever he's getting at Pittsburgh. So th- yeah, this one this one feels a little personal.
0: Yeah, it, it, like I said, it stings a bit. Um, I know some people are speculating on the boards, and I think it's pretty well known. Like, he's, he's not – Shiano is not the easiest guy in the world to work for. He, he is going to be an old-school football coach. He's probably going to yell a lot. Um, but that's that's just football at the end of the day. Some people – I hate to say the word, but it's like it seems like football, not just players, but coaches have been, like, pussified, if I want to say that, kind of. <laughs> I hate to put it on the podcast like that, but, like, it just seems like everyone – and I'm not saying awesome. Underwood's like that, but – it just seems like some coaches are just can't handle the fact that their boss yells at them like, Hey, welcome to everyday life. Yep. I don't know. It's, it's, it's a tough loss. Um, it's interesting. It's just cause it's such a lateral move Pitt is probably on the same level as Rutgers. I would agree. I'd argue whether um, yep. different conferences, obviously, and maybe they've had a couple better records, but on the national stage, they're probably around the same. And like you said, this isn't like a, Upgrade at all. Like, so now I don't know how you're going to upgrade this. Cause there's not, you're kind of already getting close to spring ball. You got to get someone in there quickly. Maybe you just promote someone temporarily um, kind of what they did with that tenth position spot. They've rotated it between Brandon Fuhrer between Demire Shaw, who could be a name at wide receivers coach. And then um, a couple other guys have been rotating in and out. I I don't know really what they're going to do here. It's going to be a, uh, an intriguing next couple of weeks. As I think we've said <laughs> for the past two months, three months now.
1: Yeah. Are you hearing any names? Uh, like, I know this just happened like an hour ago, but are you hearing any potential names uh, to replace Underwood or is
0: it still too, too early in the process? It's kind of early, but like, as um, I actually learned this from, uh, I think it was Pat Hobbs that said this, you always have a list of fa- five guys, no matter what, for every job, just no matter what, because you yep. always got to be ready. And I, th- I believe it was Pat Hobbs. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I might be giving him a lot of credit here, but whatever. <laughs> um, so uh, we always have a list of uh, guys ready to go. So like, I, I got, Three names, four names, probably ready to go. Demire Shaw is probably the leader, I would say, right now, just because he does have wide receivers coach experience. He has been on the road for Rutgers already. He's been out recruiting. He's pretty well known as a recruiter. Um, I think he was the wide receivers coach. I just had it pulled up. He was the wide receivers coach over at Fordham not too long ago. And then he is now, where was he? Wide receivers coach at Fordham. He was a QC at Baylor. And then G.A. at Temple. And according to the Temple guys I've talked to, they all say that he's they all kind of rave about his recruiting uh, prowess. Um, he was he never was able to recruit off campus for them. But when he had guys on campus, he was able to get some of the big names to come to Temple, which is a, a feat in its own.
1: Yeah, no, that's that's great to hear. It seems like, you know, we've, we've talked about this and it's been posted on the boards. There might be a bit of a shakeup on the coaching staff this year. Man. So that's what makes projecting who could be out, you know, the next tire <laughs> tough because you don't know really what they're hiring for. Like could coach a move to position B and could coach B move to position C, which opens up, you know, there might be a position open that we don't even know about right now. Just yeah. because we had a wide receiver
0: coach leave doesn't necessarily mean we'll be hiring a wide receiver coach. Mm-hmm. So I, I love to speculate. I'm, I'm pretty, pretty obvious, I guess at this point. Um, it does seem like Augie Hoffman is talking with a lot of the offensive linemen. We talked to Willie Tyler not too long ago. He mentioned Augie first. Um, now, if you see like the other offensive linemen are all mentioning Augie and it's like, all right, well, guys got offensive line experience, NFL offensive line experience and produced like, quite a bit of offensive linemen over at St. Joe's. It yep. would make sense for him to go over there, especially when you have Rich, who's coached just about every position along the offense, whether it be running yep. backs, tight ends. Uh, offensive coordinator, offensive line. He was a special teams coordinator at one point. I'm sure he can help out there. Um, so that's going to be interesting. And then you have Nuns too, who also coached running backs and tight ends for Rutgers and was OC at Bosco, was head a head coach at Bergen, was technically Rutgers OC for six games or whatever it was. Yep. <clears throat> um, yeah, I think you're going to mix and match there. And then there's there's there are a couple other names, I think, uh, I didn't get a chance to mention before. And one intriguing one that I keep looking back at is former Lafayette head coach, who was the boss of Tyquan Underwood and John Garrett. He was the wide yep. receivers coach for uh, Shiano down at Tampa in 2013. He's got pretty good experience too, between, I think he coached Kyle Lalletta at uh, Richmond when he was the OC. He was the OC okay. there. He was the OC at Oregon state. Pass game coordinator for the Cowboys assistant head coach for Virginia, wide receivers coach, Virginia, the Bengals tight ends, um, Bengals, 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 Cardinals, Bengals, tight ends, uh, something else. His, his list is insane. If he's since coaching – a ton of experience coaching from 95 to 2021. Um, yeah, so he's he's a name I'd probably keep an eye on just because Lafayette literally just let him go. He has experience with Chiano coaching for him. He kind of knows how he works already. <laughs> he's got um, college coaching experience. He's got college OC experience in the Pac-12 and at an uh, FCS at one of the best FCS schools in uh, Richmond, so – I, I really like him as a potential name,
1: and would give us a huge leg up for transfer target Steven Silianos, who's still on the market, who's going to be I coming in out in this spring. Good point. Yep. Um, but you got to wonder what kind of juice does Shiano want with one of these hires? He's got to hire a high level recruiter. Like he's got Fran, he's got himself, but who else can you really point to you that's like officially a, a, an assistant that you're like, oh, this guy's a stud recruiter. I don't know if there is another one.
0: So that, that's where it's interesting because I don't know if Lafayette the head coach is going to be like the juice that they need for the big 10 level recruiting. Yep.
1: But, he seems like he's like a John the uh, Bob Frazier type of coach, where he's probably a really good coach, but he's not going to be much on the recruiting trail other than like the, you know, the, the Statesman kind of role, like the Joe Susan, Bob yeah. Frazier, where they're good guys, but you know, they're not going to connect
0: with a 17 year old kid. especially. Yeah. I mean, if, as long as the guy doesn't want to take a break from coaching, which, I mean, after coaching from 95 straight to 20, 21, I would try to bring him in in like a defensive director personnel or some, some shit like that. Give them some Yeah, what, yeah what, what about some kind of analyst role? Yeah, something like that. Start, like some people and some coaching staffs, I feel like start have to doing, have to start doing what Nick Saban's doing at Bama. You're not going to get oh, yeah. Bill O'Brien to come here as an analyst or uh, Elaine Kiffin type or whoever, Derek Mason, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but start getting these lower level coaches that you have ties to and start bringing like, all right, you want to come on as offensive analyst. You see my coaching tree. We're going to get you to that next level. Or heck maybe someone leaves and we just promote you within like, like um, a Demire Shaw type, which who might get promoted within.
1: Yeah. And I think part of the reason why it works for, uh, for Saban, which some people might not realize is that when somebody gets fired from a coaching position, their, their entire contract is guaranteed. But they also have something called a, uh, I forget what the exact name of it is, but it's it's offsetting language in their contract. Mm-hmm. So when they sign to a new place, you basically take whatever they're making at the new place and minus from what you owe them. So remember when Chris Ash was hired, people were wondering what his salary was at DC because that would be money that we wouldn't have to pay him for being our head coach. Yeah. So if a guy like Derek Mason gets fired from Vanderbilt, still has like four years left on his contract, guaranteed to make like you know $4 million a year. Yeah. If Saban offers you basically like the the coaching internship of a lifetime, even if it's fifty thousand dollars, you're still making
0: money. You're still pretty pretty in a pretty good spot, even yeah. if you're there for two years. So, and adding all these former head coaches, it's not like they're not going to give you tidbits here and there, and you're going to learn something too. Exactly, like, like to admit yep. it or not. Like Channel and- engine is like well, no, 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 Lee in terms of like knowing everything coaching, but like getting tidbits here and there from like a guy a guy like John Garrett who's been coaching at Lafayette since twenty seventeen as head coach. You could learn something, and he's developed yeah. high-level guys in Stelanos.
1: And you're around some really high-level coaches yourself. So you know, if you if you end up do getting a new job, you know, you might have known some QC guy who's a great quarterback coach, but kind of under the radar yeah. from Bama. So it, it brings you into the the coaching tree of that that coach, which is always a great thing because recommendations, getting to know other like high-level dudes, like like look at look at Saban's like coaching tree. He's got like how many. For like NFL coaches right now, how many it's, college head coaches like? It's insane. <laughs> not not that Shiano is that kind of level, but there's plenty of head coaches in the NCAA that coached under Shiano too. So
0: yeah, I mean, his tree is growing. I was doing my homework a little bit on it just to see, like, going back through his uh, coaching history. It's, that is turn. Yeah, geez, I can't talk during his time at Rutgers, and he's got an interesting little coaching tree between like PJ Fleck, Jeff Halfley. And then there's a ton of NFL guys that I didn't ever know about. Like I guess I knew about, but I just never really paid attention to. A ton of NFL assistant coaches that Chiano's had on his staff at one point. Between um, Andrew Giannico, who's the quarterbacks coach over at Minnesota Vikings, um, I had a bunch too. I just lost them all. Atlanta Falcons D line coach Gary Emanuel, um, Baltimore Ravens pass game coordinator Chris Hewitt, uh, Carolina Panthers tight ends coach Angelico. Like it's it's he's got a bigger track record than people think of.
1: That'd be an interesting name too, Ange, if he's willing to come back to college because, I mean, the Panthers staff looks they're, – they're on the hot seat. Like, Matt Rule, he went from a, a darling in the coaching community to everybody wants now at, at, at uh, Carolina.
0: Did, so did you read knows? that article the other day about him? No. So, uh, obviously, this isn't happening now, but he had interest in Penn State. Should Franklin have left? And yep. now apparently his eyes are shifting a little bit more. To northeast. Michigan? Yeah. So yeah. I'm I, I, I did see that actually. Now, would Michigan do that? I don't um, – that's where it gets intriguing because Hardball is interviewing with the Vikings we found out like yesterday or the day before, whatever it was. I don't know yep. if you're Michigan. Would you even go after Rule? Or who do you – Well, pick? here's the thing. Like Michigan's going
1: get to a, get a good coach. But you're – at the point of the process now where you really have to do like the Brian <laughs> Kelly big game hunting where like – there's not going to be that high level like assistant or the high level like coordinator that you could target as your next coach, which Michigan probably wouldn't do anyway. But okay. you're really going to have to pay up, which Michigan can do; they have the money to do it. Yeah. But
0: not an ideal time to have to look for a coach no. after the coaching cycle's over. Do you see Kelly? Because you also have video? to fill a staff out too. Oh yeah, that too. Do you see Kelly's new video? It's so cringeworthy.
1: Yes, the, hey, the
0: spinning uh, 360 video stuff. He, yeah. He went from like a be like. <clears throat> like super Christian, never did anything wrong, and now he's just doing like oh he's like oh he got the he got, yeah. he's doing the gritty. Yeah, <laughs> me and my family. I'm like are you, this this dude is just something else.
1: It's he's pretty painful to watch, um, it and it's just clear that he's a used car salesman. Um, he's a good coach, but he you think somebody it's hard to coach coach
0: with. Like Coach Kelly has to be up in the top five of oh, hardest people to work with. Yeah, he's got to be a pain in the ass. Um but but yeah, going back to Rutgers, I don't really know what um what they're gonna do here. This is an interesting one. Like you said, they're probably gonna switch around. We keep hearing they're gonna switch around a couple guys. It does sound like Augie's gonna shift somehow towards an offensive line coach, whether that be full time O line coach or O tackles coach or something like that. Keeping him on staff's huge because I I I think I've said it before on here. Penn State did try to get him, and they he said basically no. I don't know that's, what that's role huge. they were going to take him for, but, I mean, uh, they're obviously not a line coach, and they have a running backs coach that's pretty damn good. But I, regardless, to be, to hold him away from Penn State is huge, a huge thing to do. That um, was this year they tried to get him? Yes. Well, he when he got the extension in January last year. Okay. So, I mean, there, there's a reason for an extension, do the math. I mean. Yep. Yep. But uh yeah, um, to keep him on board's huge. I know people aren't super high on Augie because he hasn't recruited the North Big North, but the Big North's such a different animal. It's not easy to recruit in general. Um, but they are starting to turn it around a little bit. You're starting to see once they get wings, they'll get more wins, they'll get more players and they'll get more guys from the big north. And it's just it's a, it's a way it you life.
1: gotta keep you gotta keep getting those top kids. Like, although Keir Price <laughs> wasn't like you know, a four-star kid. No. Everybody who played against him knew he was, like, the best player in the Big North this year. So that carries a lot of weight with kids. Getting a kid like Sadir Mitchell would be huge because he is, like, the top-rated kid, arguably, in the state next year from Bergen. So you just got to keep stacking those wins, like, with Shiano. Like, the first time around, it really took till like, 2010, 2011 to really kind of break through because they kept kept landing, like, the second-tier kids, and they kept turning them into NFL talent. And It really took, like – what was it like the, the Leontay Carew, Darius Hamilton crew that I think it actually started
0: with like Gary Nova even. Cause Back. he was like
1: one of the first big breakthrough guys when we got halfway.
0: Yeah. That, that class, that next class, the, the crew one oh could have been, was it crew the same as Nova? Uh, crew was a year old, Half, year younger than, than him yeah, so the year after recruiting wise. Cause that class, that th- those four players, it was Hamilton Carew, Elijah shoemate And, um, who's the DB that went to Colorado? Oh, Yuri right, Uri right. If they could have got the other two and Shoemate and Wright, that team would have been insane.
1: Well, you also got to think like the following: we would have gotten Jordan Fuller too. Yeah, uh, Will Fuller. No, Will Fuller. Yeah. No, not Will Fuller. Who would have uh,
0: played quarterback and would have looked pretty good? Was it Will Fuller? Yeah, it wasn't. Uh, I... Yeah, I think so. I think Will Fuller because one Will one happened right. So we're. Thi- I think we're thinking of the same guy, but Will Fuller is oh, no, the not receiver. Will Who the hell? Yeah. Evan Fuller. Devin Pulley. That's, yes, like him. Yep. that's what it was. And it, it's interesting because Shiano actually told him he could have played quarterback when he came in. Yes. He does yep. play quarterback anywhere. which but, I, I still I mean, to this day think he would have been phenomenal at quarterback. Yeah, we would have given him a chance, but I think he would have
1: switched if, if Shiano wasn't in love with the idea. Oh, yeah. But, um,
0: I mean, pretty damn good receiver, played in the league for two years. So
1: Yeah, and his brother now is the starting safety on the Rams. I know he got hurt, so he's not playing right now, but. His brother has been playing phenomenal. That's going to be a good game later on. Oh, yeah. excited for that. Uh, Quick uh, recap on Panagos, though. He has become the new defensive line coach at Kansas, Mm -hmm. which I think Chiano was ultimately hoping that that announcement would come before the Watson news. But I think when Watson uh, became available as, like,
0: an an option, you
1: can't really wait to announce that.
0: Yeah. So – I mean, if you can get one before signing day, it was like last-ditch effort maybe for Igbenosan. Yep. That one I'm not concerned about because it's a clear – like I know people on the boards, like someone said before, they're like, they lost four coaches this offseason. It's so – like this is scary. And I'm like, Shire, it's a special teams coordinator. That's that's just – throw this one out the window. That doesn't matter. Keith Fruno is going to fill in pretty well. They're going to keep – they have other guys on staff that can fill in on that role without having to take up a spot for on-the-road recruiting. Rob Smith got fired. There's no way around it. Let's just stop that one right there. Like, yep. Yeah. Huge really- upgrade in Harris Yak. Like, I'm so thrilled. I can't wait to see what he does next year, honestly. Just given <clears throat> what we've heard about him. Yeah, between him and between Watson, I, end of the day, they're upgrades. So who? the yep. other two, who cares? Like, it's, it's yep. college football. Stop acting like you have to show, like, I don't even know what the term is. Show, like, you don't have to keep these. You can keep the relationship with telling these guys, like, all right, you got your two years here. Let's move on we got someone better. Sorry to tell you. Um, sure. We lost his Underwood and that's, that's really it. And I trust
1: Shiano has like you were saying about Hobbs, I guarantee he has a list of guys, you know, from his like top choices down through it, guys he would accept as the next offensive coach, whoever, whoever that assistant ends up being another name. We kind of talked about off camera, but has been like mentioned as an up and comer is save Huggins. Maybe we can get him in. Uh, he'd be a great he'd be a great replacement because it sounds like he's got the same level of like you know ability to connect with kids, but also seems like he's kind of like pretty good with the X's and O's stuff too.
0: Yeah, he, so he, I easily I, need I, name. Sorry, to cut you off.
1: Yeah, no, I've I've no inside information on this, but it <laughs> seems
0: like you know when you hear a name mentioned a few times enough, like there's probably something to it. Yeah, th- there's, there's a couple other names that are going to be on our hot board that we're posting soon. Um, I think one I told you about was Peter Collins. He was an offensive analyst for Illinois for two years, three years, something like that. Yeah. Um, he, he helped out their wide receivers coaches. He was an OC in a D3 college before that, spent three years at Rutgers as player development, and then spent a few years as a GA, at uh, before Rutgers, spent three, three years as a GA down at Florida International with Butch Davis. So it's like, all right, the Butch Davis connection, Butch Davis and Shiano are connected. So Shiano's pretty well known about this guy. He's got Big Ten experience as a QC or offensive analyst, whatever you want to call it. So, I mean, it's not a bad addition, but, again, it's not the sexy hire that you want.
1: So For sure. But Shiano has shown some uh, rabbits out of his head this (laughs) offseason regarding coaches. So this one could be like a, oh, shit, look who we hired at (laughs) – you know, this position coach with this. So I, I'd, I'd imagine there could be some
0: some some interesting names that we end up hearing thrown around on the next coming day, day of week. So yeah, I, I could see I'm trying to poach a power five coach. I would probably keep an eye out for like the Boston College staff. I know um, yep. a couple dudes up there that can recruit pretty well. I'd probably even take a peek at like uh, the UMass staff because I know it's UMass at the end of the day, but like the, the guy's, uh, Don Brown, Don Brown's a pretty damn good head coach. Yep, so yeah. there's names everywhere. It's just a matter of finding out who they're interested in and then going from there. And then, though, they're going to do interviews, I'm sure almost immediately. I'm sure she, I, I like to think Shiana knew about this, but at the same time, it's he was just tweeting Friday about how he's so yeah. excited to coach. Like, I don't know, it's, yeah. it's, it's a tough one. Do you know he, his contract was expired, right? He, he's- <clears throat> Technically, I think it was like a fa- – I can actually probably pull it up for you because I like to uh, annoy the, the hell out of the Oprah request lady. <laughs> you not a fan of me. She's like, you submitted this one like two months ago. And I'm like, yeah, I want to see it again. <laughs> oh, my God. I got to see if it's changed. Yeah, like um, – You could just tell me if it changed or yeah, you could like send me the Oprah. Yeah, it's, it's pain in the neck. But who's the who's wide receivers coach? Joe Daly. All right, maybe not Joe Daly, but – maybe i was over joe Daly. is that the unc former quarterback yes
1: okay so he went to st peter's i believe he was the guy we played in 06 i think st peter's freehold new jersey
0: native maybe i'm to something i just threw something out of i just threw shit out of wall and it worked
1: (laughs) yeah i mean ultimately you have to look at how does this person have any connection with either the state of new jersey or shiano usually shiano hires from within his web of influence um harris simiak Obviously, you look. He was, you know, his head coach is PJ Fleck, who PJ Fleck worked on Shiano. So, you, if you're gonna speculate on these things, guys, like we all like to, at least try and like find Connect. some connection because you're probably not wrong. Like, if if you can find a connection, Shiano definitely knows of the connection and yeah. definitely
0: knows of the guy. So, and I know people are like, oh yeah, but what about this guy? And I'm like, yeah, look, he, connection to Shiano. Look, connection to New Jersey. Done. That's it. Like that is his whole mo. This this whole like. 2.0 tenure. And it's, yeah. it's actually Joe Daly makes a lot of sense when yeah. I look at it.
1: He would. He would. Uh, but some people like to throw out like weird names. It's like, well, this guy, he's Eastern Washington's uh receivers coach. He co he actually coached Cooper Cup when he was here. Could we go after him? It's like I'm just making shit up because this is kind of stuff that some people post. It's like, why would there wh- where's the connection here? What this makes no sense. He's a West Coast guy, never coached no Oceano, hasn't even been in the state. Let's be real, guys. It's so funny.
0: Um it's actually hilarious. Uh, actually, the more I look at it, what about KJ Stroud? Where's he at now? He um, He's coaching high school, technically. <laughs> but he's a name. He played for Rutgers. Actually, when did he transfer to Bethune Cookman?
1: Neither um, <clears throat> was last year or the last two years. I think, so remember, uh, one of our Shiano's receivers coach ended up coaching at Bethune Cookman. Do you remember that? Who, who is that um i don't remember his name if, if you look up like bethine cookman's uh like coaching history
0: mm-hmm. you'll it'll probably jump out to you so it was so probably around 2010 yeah the reason i mentioned bethine cookman is that so kj stroud played there in 2011 you know who the quarterbacks coach was at bethine cookman in 2011 joe dale nope really I'm telling you this makes too much sense it's gonna happen mark it down yeah. boys it
1: was uh, Brian Jenkins, remember him? Boys and girls, sorry. <clears throat> he was the wide receiver coach uh, in 2009 at Rutgers. And then he was the head coach at Bethany Cookman for five years. And then he went to Alabama State for a couple of years. Oh, and now he's him.
0: where's he at now? Now
1: he's, he's at Edward Waters, which is an NIA, NAIA school
0: in Jacksonville,
1: oh, Florida. I mean-
0: he actually had a pretty good head coaching record, not minus the 03 in the playoffs. But
1: Yeah, 55 and 26 as a head coach. He's won three conference championships. It's kind of surprising he left Bethan Cookman because he won all those EMIAC uh, championships at Bethan Cookman. He left for <laughs> Alabama State. I'm not sure,
0: like, in terms of FCS. Uh, yeah, holy shit. He had a really good record. Well, he's I'm telling you right now, I wasn't going to put him on our hot board, but he's on our hot board. <laughs> yeah Bethune Cookney went 46
1: and 14 and they went to Alabama State and things kind of fell apart but Fort Lauderdale native.
0: I'm just like right. there's a lot of speculation just between names. I'm Joe Daly's John Garrett. it's this random dude from Illinois I was telling you about.
1: yeah, I mean, well, I'm sure you'll hear some solidified names moving forward, but uh feel free guys uh, in in the thread about. Underwood, feel free to post your connect. Like, I know a lot of the uh, forums do the whoa, kind of whoa, stuff whoa. where they like do like in- internet research. Just post second. who you think it's going to be. What's post up it up? in this thread about this podcast. Start yeah, post posting this thread. thread. So, post in here. Yeah. So, post who you think is a good option for a wide receiver coach and kind of give your reasoning why. Um, because I think all options are on the table right now. Just make sure it makes sense. New Jersey connection, Chiano connection. Don't just post weird shit that doesn't make any sense.
0: Yeah, but the UC Santa Barbara wide receivers coach. Spent a year at Delaware, and that's pretty close.
1: Yeah, he was Wes Welker's JV coach uh, back in '97, so uh, he might be a good receiver coach here. I love some of this, the the speculation. It's hilarious. It is. But but uh, we're going pretty long on this one. Yeah, uh, Richie, you got any final things to say before we sign off here?
0: Um, just a quick tidbit about Rutgers basketball. Uh, heck of a comeback. I don't know how they pulled that one off. Uh, yeah. I don't want mag man. This because I know Craig and Chris are recording tonight or today or something. But, whew, whew, sweating a little bit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So keep on the lookout for that pod, guys. They'll they'll break down the game and kind of where we're we're you know looking as a program the rest of the season. We're starting our tough stretch of uh, games this week. Uh, after I think the Northwestern game, it gets brutal. So
0: that was an easy one. It's not easy. I just watched them. Keep it up with Illinois, and it's not easy.
1: <laughs> yeah, this is a brutal conference. We all knew that, and uh, we really needed to stack wins the last few games, and we kind of let down a little bit. But oh well. All right, guys, this has been another episode of the Night Report Podcast. We are signing off. Thanks for joining.